have you not the had point of a rollover is you've got to add to it. That's the excitement. Yeah, no. there's, a, there's a couple of albums that were Okay, well, it's okay. also the uh, Fools and Horses um, video with oh, the, the free. I don't think I'm bloody jealous of that. <laughs> I like that <laughs> little yellow thing. It's a little, uh, there's a little kind of um, model oh, three wheeled van. Rodney, you plonker. Oh. How dare you? Welcome to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast, where we review, discuss, and analyse everything that we think is proper quality. For our first series, we're going through one of the most loved, the most acclaimed, and in my opinion, the best sitcom of all time, Only Fools and Horses. My name is Luis Sanchez, and I'm joined here by Louis Lydon. Hello, you all right? Thanks oh, for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to, pleasure to have you. Um, yeah, let's, um, let's crack on. Now, last episode... We talked about the first series of Only Fools and Horses, um, and we're going to crack on straight away with the second series of Only Fools and Horses. However, firstly, we have to cover their first Christmas special, Christmas Crackers. And we didn't um, leave it out of the first episode because we forgot. We just didn't remember. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so Only Fools and Horses, it's a brilliant show, isn't it? Yeah, it's a brilliant show, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I think from what you, I think if anyone listened to the first podcast and they know how much of it. Mm. Um, and yeah, to be honest, it only got better. It only I got better. At this point. Um, I'm just, it... just saying, I looked at the uh, episode list for the second season and it's an absolute banging season. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's decent. Yeah, okay. until that uh, that Red Nose Day special. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not, that, I'm not that bitter about that. I, I can't. For what it was, that five minute sketch or whatever it was, is what it is. Five minutes too long for me. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, good, good for, good for charity and all of that. But you know, yeah. they, people should donate. They, people, they should be a charity appeal to to donate to only Fools fans for that. <laughs> anyway, so Christmas crackers. This is a slightly longer episode, thirty five minutes, and it was watched by seven point five million people on the twenty eighth of December, nineteen eighty one. Their first ever Christmas special. So the episode starts off with Del Boy and Rodney. Uh, they're both in the flat. And uh, and Grandad, uh, Grandad's cooking the Christmas dinner, and Rodney's on the couch, and he's reading a book called Body Language. Um, and this when then when Del Boy comes in with a bottle of wine, and Rodney's talking to uh, to Del Boy, saying, "You know, why are you letting Grandad cook the Christmas dinner? He always messes it up." And Del Boy's saying. You know, throughout the year, he's just sitting there watching those TVs and cooking the Christmas dinner makes him feel like he's got a purpose, like like he's needed. And we get to see the, the real caring nature of Del Boy again. And I, I think, yeah, it's really, really good like, to see how like, family-orientated he is. Yeah, it's an interesting episode, this. Um, it's nice to see the Trotters during Christmas mm. a bit more relaxed than what we normally see them. Yeah. Because up to this point in season one, it's always about trying to get rich quick. Yeah. Well, this actually there isn't. It is just kind of a family time and, and them interacting. Hmm. Uh, and you do see a bit of a nicer side hmm. to Dell. So, uh, yeah, you do see a lot of that. It's good. Yeah. It's not a bad start to the episode. And yeah. what I like about it is, I know you haven't got there yet, but later on, you really get to notice the differences between Dell and Rodney. Hmm. In a bit more depth, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's... um. Yeah, it's a, it's a great episode to like really like go into their character, you know, their characters, and it's a good uh, Chris first kind of first stab at a Christmas episode as well. Mm. It's an enjoyable episode to watch. Mm. And what's strange is it, 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 a lot of sitcoms in there, especially kind of American ones, mm. 
as soon as they get to a Christmas episode, it's over the top Christmas. Yeah. Decorations everywhere, snow on the ground, etc., mm. etc. Et with, with this one, it, it could have almost been without kind of the Christmas theme. Like, this could have been a normal episode, except yeah. it's out on a Saturday night and, and Grandad's just cooking dinner. Um, and because it, it's about them kind of going out, etc. But um, it, you don't feel over the top Christmassy. It's kind of an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, and talking about that, yeah, most of I mean, it gets to a point with the Christmas specials where they aren't even set around Christmas anytime. Yeah. They just happen to be shown on Christmas Day. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Grandad comes in with the Christmas dinner and uh, Del Boy and Rodney are eating it. Uh, they're not enjoying themselves. They, they look like they're, they're going through an ordeal there. Uh, it's then when Del Boy is talking to, uh, to Grandad about um, yeah, asking him, did you take the giblets out of the turkey? And uh, and Granddad goes, oh, I didn't know there was any giblets in there, Del. And uh, they, you know, they realise they've been eating giblets. I don't know what are gib. I don't what are giblets. I don't know what, what is it. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I don't know because no, neither I, of us are, are cooking. But no. it's something inside the turkey. What, what do they do? Like what? They, I think it adds flavour to it. But I think you meant to take it out. Hmm. But isn't the joke in this that? So when you get the turkey, they're actually yeah. in a plastic bag. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't take out the plastic bag in the first place. So yeah. it's just a plastic bag full of giblets. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, <laughs> in the turkey. So uh, as usual, Granddad kind of messes up the the, the dinner. Yeah, uh, which is kind of funny. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, you see, Granddad get quite upset about it, and then you see. Yeah, Del- yeah. yeah. I remember you actually feel kind of sorry for him. Oh, definitely. You feel yeah. bad for Granddad because you know how much it means to him. He's got that great voice when he goes, "I'm sorry, Del." But the way the tone he says it, it does make you feel sorry for him. Like he's okay. So very I, sympathetic. I, I was completely wrong about giblets. Okay, so I just had a bit of research. So, yeah. so first of all, there is something like there's. Uh, I think it's like there's, there's some sort of herb or something which is in a bag in the turkey, hmm. and Granddad doesn't take out the bag. Am I right? In so now that does happen in this episode. I think. Yeah, he leaves, leaves the bag. Yeah, he in leaves there. the bag in there. So yeah. there's bits of plastic in there. But giblets are kind of like the, they're almost like an offal to the to the chicken. Oh really? Like bits of the. Uh, it refers to little. What's an offal? Uh, offal's like uh, the the crap from an animal which they take out. Oh, right. uh, so when they slaughter an animal, the mm. offal is like the stuff that they don't tend to use, like oh, all really? the. Uh, uh, you know, like all the internal organs and things yeah. like that, so it's not particularly nice. But what they do is kind of mash all of that up and mm. it goes into other stuff like dog food and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's similar to that. Giblets include the neck, the gizzard. Mm. Um, uh, think of it as a second stomach, the heart and the li- and the liver. Oh, there's something like something to do with the stomach, like a second stomach thing, the heart and the liver. So it's all like the insides. Mm. So... so that, that makes it actually more kind of disgusting when you think about it. So Grandad's cooked it when he hasn't taken any of that out. Yeah. I don't, is... think, I don't think you get that so much now. I think in today's, I don't think, I think in today's like supermarkets and that, that's all pre already removed. Yeah. When you buy a frozen. So I don't think that joke's really as relevant to it is now. But like I said, me and you don't really cook. So. No, no. I, Especially I turkeys. No. I do no. like turkey, I've got to say. I don't mind, don't mind a bit of turkey. Yeah, okay. Bit of that in the system. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So Grandad's a bit upset. You know, Delboy tells him, no, don't worry about it. Uh, they're then sitting there around the the TVs. Um, you don't see Grandad at this point. You just see Delboy and Rodney. Uh, Del was asleep, and Rodney he's bored. He wakes Del up by blowing on this. Um, was it not like a kazoo? On him party. Yeah, popping. I don't know what they're called. I don't yeah. know. I mean, we're not doing very well this episode, are we? Oh, our research. No, yeah, our research. <laughs> uh, is the the party wall. blower things. Uh, uh, yeah, one of those things. People know what we're talking about. Yeah. You know those things at parties where you blow into it and it kind of whistles out and it's yeah. like a uh, a bit of um, 
it's like paper and the end of it was shoots out some yeah. of those things I don't know what they're called but if that's not what the name is then I don't know what it would be I don't know what it would be I don't know <laughs> that, I don't, that's a shortened name that's a shortened name for him mate yeah um, so he's blown on one of them wakes Dell up and he's telling him that he's bored and Del Boy's saying, you know, it's Christmas, you know, everyone's bored, but we can't leave Grandad alone because he's going to be sat here thinking about the good times with, you know, with mum and dad. And, uh, you know, I don't want to leave him alone on Christmas, his family. Yeah, and, and again, you can kind of relate to that. Like, yeah. You do feel sorry for Grandad at this point. Yeah. And you're like, no, they should stay in. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of relate to it because if you've got elderly relatives and that you don't like the idea of them sitting at home on christmas so again it's, mm. it's where you can relate to it it's, it's obviously good it's, it's, it's another example of where you've always and she's get that right yeah definitely yeah again it's it, it, and it shows just like how family orientated that joe boy is yeah and um yeah so you know saying you know we're not going out rodney wants to to go out and had an argument rodney's saying you know, if i want to go out i will i'll go out and they'll saying you won't, Rodney's saying, I will. And they're going back and forth, you won't, I will, you won't, I will. And then Grandad opens the door goes, well, I'm off out then. Yeah, I'm going out, boy. <laughs> and he's yeah. saying, you know, I don't want to sit here with listening to you two argue all night. I'm off down the, uh, the old folks home. Yeah, it's a nice bit. It's a nice, yeah. nice bit of the episode, yeah. And do you know what's great about that as well is because they're arguing back and forth and, quite, again, quite a heated argument. And then Grandad goes out and then straight away Dell's like, oh, you know, that means we can go out. And it shows you. I think they really do nail the family dynamic because those two are having like a a like a, quite again quite a heated argument, and then straight away it's forgotten about. And they're like, it's, like with family, you can like you can get into a kind of argument like that, and then straight you, know, you just put it behind you. You yeah. know, it doesn't, it hadn't, it's not a thing. You know, yeah. yeah. And that sounds like the Del the, the Del and Rodney quite well. Yeah, this is a lot of the time they do argue, but they're very good at not holding a grudge. Yeah, exactly. And kind of putting it behind him straight away. Yeah. And they are like chalk and cheese, but they do get on, yeah. you know, after that. So, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a good, it's a good brotherly moment. Definitely, yeah. Um, so, they go out to this club and uh, Del Boy, he's, he's in this very, he's looking quite suave, I think, but a very, well, no, suave's not the word, no. It's, it's a typical Del Boy outfit. Del Boy out, yeah. It, it's a Del, he's, De, Del Boy, needless to say, it is a bit of a Del Boy. Yeah. Um, he, he, so, yeah, they walk into the club. And then from memory, Rodney's wearing a bit of a, like, it yeah. looks atrocious now. Yeah. It was like, black, was it a black and white suit kind of it's, thing he was wearing? Is that what he wears that? It just screams, like, it, it made me sad to see it. I'm not, yeah, it's I'm not, really dated. If anything, yeah. it's like worse than what Del's wearing. Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a very fashion-conscious man as as I sit here with stains on my you're trousers. In, well, you're in your underwear now. I'm, I, I, yeah. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not even the prime, like, David Beckham underwear. Um <laughs> Give me flashbacks yeah, to the comic relief special, <laughs> but um, but you know, uh, yeah. What is what was Rodney wearing? Anyway, they go out to this club. They see this this guy in there. This character, um, uh, oh, Clyde. What was his name? Oh, it's it's not oh, quite the suit. Oh, sorry, it's not quite the uh, suit I thought, but it is just a uh, horrible suit. Yeah, yeah. It's like grey. It's like a. It's like a kind of a dark grey suit with a brown shirt and tie yeah what a terrible combination terrible that is, combination right? and Del looks actually really smart yeah he does it is a Del boy outfit but yeah. it's a uh, so I'm just giving a bit of backstory to the yeah, outfits yeah. here it's kind of a nice navy blue suit yeah a red shirt alright and then a very white kind of wide tie um, it's got like a red handkerchief it's a red that? handkerchief yeah. he looks smart and, and a pair smart. of white shoes as well it looks like so he looks quite smart actually Which that's is... one of the better Del boy outfits I've got to say yeah. and Rodney's just a state really it shows, <laughs> it shows the contrast between the two again exactly like, yeah. and this is what I meant where it does show the contrast and this mm. this scene sums it up and again um, um, 
before we go on in this bit, mm. kind of from this point in the episode, it is. I think it's all set in this club from now on. It is, yeah, yeah. It's quite a cheap episode. This yeah. maybe is the bottle episode, maybe. It so. is like a bottle episode. Yeah, it yeah. is exactly like a bottle episode. I was just thinking that because you've yeah. only got really two scenes. You've got a bit. You've only got two scenes really. You've got the bit in the flat at the start mm. where there's only three characters. Mm. Um, and then you've got the bit in the club where it's only Delboy and Rodney, and I think mm. we've got to get two or three kind of characters that yeah. come in, but don't only, really do only two of them have well, only one of them has a speaking lot. No, well, you've got Earl. Earl um, has to speak. He has a little bit for yeah. about a couple of minutes, like two minutes, and then, and then one, he leaves, and yeah. then you've got um, one of the girls has got a speaking. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And it is kind of like a bottle episode, and that's an unusual um, route to go down for a Christmas episode. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of ballsy. It is, yeah. Um, but this is what I. I think it's a great episode because for when they're in that club, mm. you kind of forget that it's Christmas. Oh no, yeah, it could, you, you could. That's what I mean. It could pass for so... not being a Christmas episode, really. I think they've yeah. got a little bit of decoration around the cl- around the club and that, but not a great deal. But yeah. there's not that many. Ref- there are a few, but there's not that many references about it being Christmas Eve. Yeah, or is it Chris? I can't remember if it's Christmas it's Eve. Christmas Day. Is yeah. it Christmas Day? Yeah. There's not that many references, and it's not saying. It, you know, we've, I've never done really gone out on a mm. night out Christmas day and that. But um, oh, do people go out on nights out on Christmas? Or is it weird? <sighs> um, I, I didn't know that happened. No, I'm not sure if it's still a thing. I never really think I thought about yeah. it. Um, I mean, I know you also can go out to restaurants and that. Yeah. Um, Even though that, I, I need to yeah, people. I mean, shit. yeah, you yeah. can go out for for restaurants. Um, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the most fairest thing to do. I don't think no. it's going to be fair. Because you've got to think that, you know, those those waiters and waitresses deserve to have the day off as well. Yeah. I think they do get good money for it. I yeah. think they, like, because it's Christmas Day, you get, like, Christmas Day pay. Mm. Plus, I reckon if people are decent, they'll give you a decent tip because obviously it's Christmas Day. But, mm. um, yeah, it's kind of, it's not it's not fair, really. I don't really rate it. I mean, I'm sure there are people who do it, but I've, mm. never, I've never really got the urge to do it. Yeah. Uh, I suppose for those geezers who are alone at Christmas, then maybe... It's quite, it's quite sad to think about it. Yeah. But I don't know about bars, pubs and that. I mean, yeah. pubs are open Christmas Day, but I'm not sure about bars and that at night. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. I don't know if they do it or not. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure there probably are a few that are open. So if you ever wanted to do it, we could have a bit of a, bit of a, bit bit of a night out. Knees up on Christmas. Knees up on Christmas. Yeah. You can yeah. wear that. You can wear Rodney's rank suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> It'd be too stylish for me. Um, <laughs> and of course, also, if um, you do meet your um, your girlfriend... Or your wife on Christmas Day, then it's a, it's a good way not to forget your anniversary as well. So you know, yeah, it benefits in that way too. So yeah, they go into the to the club and they speak to this guy called Earl, who's had problem had problems with his father. And Del Boy tells him to um to get some antibiotics. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's yeah. a good scene. This yeah, um, it's a bit weird. Who is this character? We never see him again. You know we hear is, from him again. It is very strange. Yeah. You don't hear from him again. I don't think you ever see him again. Is he no. ever referenced again? Or he's 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 kind of like another trigger because he, he seems like a bit like not with it. I get the impression that they wanted to do more with him. Yeah, and just, but then you've already got triggers. So why why are you having another? Geezer? Yeah. I don't know. I just get the impression that they wanted to do a little bit more of him, but he yeah. just maybe he went on got another job. Maybe saying happy he didn't yeah. carry on acting, but you just don't really see him again. But he's kind of a typical. Um, he's kind of a Del Boy side character, and what I mean by that is throughout the show, you do get these one-off characters that are in it briefly, mm. and they just know Del Boy. Yeah. And and you always feel like Rodney because Rodney doesn't tend to know these people. Yeah. And and a lot of the time, uh, this isn't just in this episode. This is like throughout the the whole show. They'll go into some place, a bar, whatever it be, and then someone knows down there. Like, oh, hello, how are you? Mm. And Rodney doesn't know him. A lot of the time, we almost see it from Rodney's perspective, mm. and this is one of those moments I think because you don't know Earl, you don't hear from him again after. But um, it's a it's a nice scene this, and mm. I like it because it, it first of all it's funny, 
Um, Earl's got a problem with his mum or dad. I can't remember which. Yeah, one. his dad's in hospital. His dad's and, in um, hospital. Yeah, he's um, yeah, apparently in a bad way. Into Del, like he says, you know. Well, it's quite a funny thing because Del yeah. straight away goes, "Tell the doctors to give him antibiotics." Yeah, and it's yeah. like completely wrong. Antibiotics, yeah. and he writes it down for him. Del doesn't have a clue. No, no. Um, and then even Rodney's like, "What's your game? Yeah, why, yeah. why are you getting involved? There's nothing to do if you, you know." And then, and then, what I like is Dell's response because it, you do see it from his perspective. Because mm. when you're watching that scene, you're like, "What are you doing? You don't know what he's mm. talking about." But then afterwards, he goes, "Actually, I'm giving him some hope on Christmas Day." Yeah. You know, he's leaving here now, thinking that there might be a chance for his his dad. Yeah. And I quite like that because that's that's Dell thinking outside the box, mm. and and kind of you, you can see the heart of Dell mm. that he's got to go now. And even though he might be lying to this person, he, he's doing it for the best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, so you see the heart of Dell, and then um, and you'll see the other side of Dell uh, when they're um, they're standing there, and there's these two two women who they don't find very attractive um, sitting at a table, and um, and <laughs> I forgot about this bit. Yeah, this scene, we've seen yeah. we've seen that we we we've, we've sung Dell's praises. He's a nice lad. They're nice guys, but then again, they <laughs> they're standing there. And um and yeah, these two women they don't really find particularly attractive. And uh, and Del Boy's like saying to Rodney, you know, they're calling women dogs, and and Del Boy's saying, "Oh, you always go out with old dogs." Rodney's saying, "No, I don't go out with old dogs." And then these two girls t- <laughs> turn around, catch their eye, and uh, Del Boy goes, "You got your bone, Andy. I think you've cracked it again, son." <laughs> so straight away, like we go back into that, like uh, from I might be, I, I can't really picture the girls now but they yeah. weren't even terrible no they weren't they weren't no really they were okay i i yeah i i think oh yeah yeah definitely yeah. Couldn't, couldn't get away with that now could you, you can't uh, no. old dogs now no, no you couldn't do that no no yeah it's an outdated term so you never hear it do you no no i don't no no you don't you do yeah it's, it's weird like you, it's only when we're watching it back um no yeah and you still you can still um you know Mock men for being short, though, but that's fine. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so they happen today, several, several times. Happens, to you. It happens every day. <laughs> time I turn on Tinder. Anyway, so um, so after having a chat, and they spot these two other girls who they find more attractive, and they're having this discussion about which one should go over and talk to them. Rodney wants Del Boy to go over and chat them up because you know he's got the way with words, the way with women. And Del Boy's saying, you know, I'm, I'm sick of having to do all of this. Why don't you go go and, and do it yourself? And Rodney's like, all right, I will. And he starts stretching and like warming up and he starts doing these, these like breathing exercises and, and Del Boy's like, what, what are you doing? And then he's like, I'm psyching myself up. And Rodney, he he pops out his books and he goes, he, he's reading it. Then he, he walks over doing this like sort of limp thing and he gets right to their table and Del Boy goes, Oi, soppy and calls him back over across <laughs> the floor. And he's saying, What are you doing there? Um Some stupid walk he does. He yeah. So from his body language, he goes, It's from the body language books. It says it says pelvis. This is a man with virility and incredible masculinity. And then Del Boy goes, It looks like it that it He's saying to me, "That's Mamfi's trust fund back to front." <laughs> and uh, they get they go over to a different part of the bar, and then Delboy's trying to think of a way to, to come over to you know go over there and speak to him. And Delboy's saying, "Okay, what about if you go outside and you tell the doorman that there are 
brand new Rolls Royce has uh, obstructed my free will van. Then someone over the loudspeaker will say, could someone who owns the Rolls Royce please move it because it's obstructing some sap's free will van. I'll then walk out jangling my keys and they'll think, oh, this guy owns a Rolls Royce. And, and Rodney goes, yeah, but they'll think oh, I'll own a, own a free will van. And then Rodney's pointing out like the, the floor in the plan saying, all right, so while we're outside congratulating each other, the girls are inside in the warm and we've got to pay to get back in again. And, um, like, you know, Delboy admits his mistake there. <laughs> hey, up to that point when Dale's yeah. explaining it, you're kind of buying into it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> again, it's the, it's the dreamer and the like, the optimist and the realist. Again, that that contrast yeah, between the you two. you see yeah. the difference between two of them, and it's yeah. nice to have that. Because up to this point, you obviously do get scenes where it's just both of them, but this yeah. is a real opportunity for them to only... That's why it feels like a bottle episode. It's just them two yeah. bouncing off of each other and yeah. the banter between them. Um, so it's a really good opportunity to see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Stale boys like, well, they, these just like, oh, let's just go over. Rodney's saying, you know, let's not tell him any ridiculous lies. And Del boy, he's going over. He's about to go over. Rodney pulls him back, and he's like, well, what are we going to tell him? Um, and he goes, well, then. Then Del boy's like, well, we'll tell him you knocked out, like three, uh, five Rubik's cubes in the market, or whatever you like. Let's just go over there. And then Del Boy's about to walk over and Rodney pulls him back. And then Del Boy's about to walk over again. Rodney pulls him back and he's like frustrated now. Del Boy is like, if you pull me back one more time, I'm going to kick you in the shins. And then they're about to walk over and then they see two other guys have gone up and they've asked the girls to dance and they've blown their chance. Yeah. Um, it's at that point that Del Boy walks over to those two girls who uh, they find a bit less attractive and says, um, oh, sorry, ladies, but uh, we we're thinking uh, about heading home. I don't know what your plans are. And then the girls go, oh, you know, we was thinking about heading out. And, um, oh, sorry, Delboy walks over to them and goes, oh, I'm sorry, ladies, but I was just wondering if uh, you were thinking about leaving soon. And the girls go, oh, yeah, matter of fact, we are. And then Delboy goes, oh, that's all right, we can have your seats yeah. there. And the way he said it, he's in like a suggestive way. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he had a bit of a smirk on his face. Yeah. And like, oh, do you want to come out of us? And yeah. That's what he was implying. And then they get up to grab their coats and then he's like, oh, we'll have your seats then. Yeah, yeah. it's a brilliant bit there. And it's nice. Yeah. It's a typical kind of ending joke for any four year It was a good, yeah, it's a good, good bit. It's, 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 I think, as it goes, I'd say it's the worst Christmas special, I'd say. But that's just because the other Christmas specials were just incredible. Yeah, it wasn't but, a bad episode. But yeah. also, like I said, you, you, you could almost watch that and not think of it as a Christmas. Because yeah. uh, once you get past that first scene in the flat, Mm. There's not that many references to Christmas, really. It could no. be that second scene could be just a completely another episode. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a bad stab at a Christmas special. Um, yeah, I do like it. Yeah. It's not a bad episode at all. And it's funny, and like I said, I like to see the banter between Dale and Brittany, and it's a good opportunity for that. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And <clears throat> the, the uh, credits roll. They've got a different background. It's like I don't. It looked like disco lights when I first saw it. But, it, it, but I think it was meant to be like, I don't know, maybe Christmas lights. It was like yeah, an amalgamation of different colours. Yeah, 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 it's a bit weird. It's a bit uh, strange. Kind of an old, an old TV thing. That you wouldn't yeah. get that now because no. it looked quite poor quality. Yeah, yeah, it uh, looks a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. It, looked, yeah. it looked like just a visual representation of the 80s. Exactly. Um, so a series average 7.67 million viewers. Again... Now it sounds like an incredible figure, but back then when there was only two channels at the time, um, yeah, I, 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 well, not not a great figure at the time. And the show wasn't very high on the BBC's radar, 
but they were granted a second series. Yeah, isn't it crazy how that mm. back then probably wasn't considered great? No. But now you'd like absolutely love that. Exactly, yeah. That shows the, the, the downward spiral of TV now. It does, yeah. And just, just did, like the... the um, the availability of other platforms of, of viewing. And yeah, that's it, yeah. 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 So then we come to 1982. Um, 1982, of course, was the year that Liverpool were league champions. Um, they were also uh, League Cup champions as well. Um, so just an average year. Anyway, so 1982... Um, Series two starts off nine eight eighty two the twenty first of October, seven point seven million viewers. This episode is called "The Long Legs of the Law." Um, Good title, actually, for this very, episode. Yeah, it's a clever title. It says what it is again in in the yeah. in the title. So Rodney's hungover because uh, him and Dell went out last night, and they witnessed this row that turned into um, a bit of a fight, um, and they're you know, informing Granddad of the night out, and. During the fight, a policewoman came in to, you know, sort it out. And apparently Rodney was trying to chat her up. And Del teases Rodney about how he was, like, all around her. Um, and they also talk about th- these watches that Del had bought. And Del's saying, oh, I think these could be Cartier watches. Um, and then uh, <laughs> turns out he's selling them for four quid. <laughs> or he bought them for four quid. And he's like, well, perhaps not them. Um, so they go to Sid's calf, and this is the first time we actually see uh, the character Sid, who was played by Roy Heather. Yeah, um, you don't throughout the show. Uh, mm. They go to Sid's calf a couple of times, but it's kind of one of those places where they don't go that often. No, no, uh, and it, it changes get, a lot. Yeah, you don't get that many references to it. Uh-uh. Uh, and Sid isn't in it a great deal either, no. really. But I do like it. It's kind of a little treat. Did you see inside Sid's calf? Definitely, yeah. And we show rest in peace to Roy Heather, who. Um, Died five years ago, so he lived quite a long time. He lived a while, yeah, yeah, seventy nine. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, so he, yeah, he's, he's not a bad age, but no. um, he looked quite old in in. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, maybe a bit of makeup, or yeah, or maybe he just looked older than what he was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So they go to Sid's cafe for breakfast, and um, Del Boy is saying, "Oh, the, obviously the New York Stock, Stock Exchange dropped a point." And then Rodney goes, you know, Chelsea dropped three on Saturday. <laughs> Again, we're talking about the football chat, you know, who do they support? Um, you know. And in the previous episode, Christmas Crackers, where Del Boy's saying, talking about Rodney's chat lines, um, Rod, uh, Del Boy says to Rodney, oh, I've heard your chat with women. If they don't know Adamant's birthday or the Chelsea result, it's good night Vienna. Which is making me think maybe Rodney is a Chelsea fan, possibly. Yeah, they jump back and forth. All yeah. like, I mean... The shocking thing about Rodney is that how can you be anything but Charlton? Mm. It's true, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a bit weird. I mean, you'd you'd be embarrassed if anyone ever found that out and they supported another team. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is Chelsea. But again, there aren't that many references to Chelsea after this, really. um, In in the Royal Flush, he talks about taking Victoria to uh, Stamford Bridge. Yeah, you're you're right, actually. That's what arouses my suspicion about it. Seems like from that Christmas episode, they wanted to kickstart kind of Rodney being a Chelsea role, but they don't really delve into it a great deal. Yeah, weird one. Yeah. But um, I feel sorry for anyone's name. It was called, I don't know, Tom Berry or something like that. Or like, do you reckon anyone like Matt Berry has to support Berry? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sid Baldwin. 
that piece. Maybe, maybe Michael Bolton. That's why Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton. Maybe he's George Bolton. Anyway, so they're at um, Sid's cafe, and um, Rodney's talking about. Oh yeah, I didn't tell you. I'm uh, I'm going out with with this with this girl, and um, they're saying, oh yeah, what she do for a job? And Rodney goes, oh she's a career woman. And then it's at that point that Rodney taps Devil on the shoulder and goes, she's a policewoman. And then you see all of the knives and forks and cutlery from Sid's cafe drop out of Devil Boy's overcoat onto the floor, which is a great, a great scene. Really great scene, yeah. I didn't tell you, did I? I've got a bird. Sandra. Sandra? Who did you meet her then? She's down at a club last night. I didn't see you talking to anyone last night. Not even the bird that you were supposed to be with. Who was Sandra then? That uh, part-time barmaid, was she? No, she's not a part-time waller. She's got a career. Oh, career. What is she, a lollipop woman? <laughs> Police woman. <laughs> so at the flat, Del Boy and uh, Granddad are just sitting there and Granddad goes, does he do this to us? What? <laughs> Brilliant! Like, like he's dating one of the enemies. It's great. Yeah, it's well. Um, mm. In kind of like uh, you know, in, in, in some of those families and that probably back then, when mm. they in a cancer house and that, a lot of the time they probably were viewed as the enemy. Yeah. So if you joined the police or had any association with the police, it mm. was like a big deal in the community, and yeah. you probably shunned out a bit for it. Because yeah. there's a couple of bits uh, later on in the series where like with Slater and that, where he just yeah. doesn't want any association, get, the Trotters don't want any association that they know uh, Slater, so they, um, who, who is a police officer, that'll come into it later. Yeah. Uh, but they don't want any anyone to know about that because of the rep- because it would stage their reputation. So it's mm. kind of funny to think that now uh, Rodney's just going out of one. Yeah. Um, it's like the worst news Del Boy could hear. Yeah, it's like, like literally one of the worst things. Yeah. He's really down about it. And you just kind of feel sorry for Rodney a bit because obviously you want him to do well in that. Yeah. Um, and she was quite an attractive girl actually. Very, yeah. very attractive girl. Um, so um, Rodney comes back to the flat, and um, yeah, and and Del Boy is basically explaining to Rodney that he's saying at the streets are our boardroom. Do you know what people? Do you know how we would be viewed if they realised that you know you were going out with a policewoman? And and Rodney's son, I'm only taking it to a but the Bernie in, um, you know, and he, he's he's not really understanding why Dell boys are overreacting to this, and so Rodney was saying to Dell, you know, this is you interfering again, and Rodney says, you know, you ruin my my life, you do, and Dell boy he says, what were you talking about? I ruined your life. I clothed you. I bathed you. I wiped your tears away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pause is great. Um, and then he, say, he says to Rodney, look, if you go out of that door, then as far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. And Rodney is a bit downtrodden and he, he walks out the door and the Del Boy calls him back and goes, oh, yeah, Rodney, remember to drive safely. Those roads would be t- uh, treacherous. Which is a great scene, again, yeah. showing how much that um, uh, Del Boy cares about Rodney. Yeah, he does care. Yeah. Yeah, After, yeah it's, it's it completely kind of... Um, yeah. Um, like that whole scene is, is Del Boy giving him a hard time for purely selfish reasons and yeah. he's not thinking about what Rodney wants at all no. and for him to go the polar opposite and say I'll care for the roads yeah. it's a nice scene because of that 
Yeah, definitely. And it also makes the whole first bit kind of stupid. And yeah. that's kind of a joke. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a good, good, good scene, mate. It's a good scene. Yeah. And then Del Boy says to um, says to, to Grandad, oh, isn't it amazing? They grow up so fast. You, know, you watch them grow up before your eyes and, and then, you know, become independent. And then um, Grandad goes, oh, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> um, I can't remember what Grandad says, but then Del Boy says, thing I'm worried about that one wrong wrong word from that plonker and I could be doing five years <laughs> it's brilliant um so cuts to them back at the flat um and sort of like the transition and Del Boy's saying oh they're not back yet it's, it's getting later and then they um they hear it they hear the sound of the door and um granddad's going oh they're back and then he goes to tell tells Del Boy oh he's, he's brought, brought her back um, her name's Sandra, I said, the police yeah. as well. Um, and Del Boy's like, he's done what? And he's like, hide everything. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> and, and Grandad goes, what? It's just everything. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what's, what's nicked and what isn't. <laughs> and he's got this big, like, it's like a tyre or something like that, that, um, that Grandad's like got hold of. And he's, <laughs> and he's like midway through taking it into the kitchen. And then Rodney comes in with Sandra. Um, and Sandra is played by an actress named. Her name is um, Kate Saunders. Um, she was a English writer and journalist, and she was the a guest. She was a guest on the first ever episode of Have I Got News for You. That's pretty interesting. Mm, what yeah. was that, Ed? Um, how, long, how old have I got? You put you on the spot there. How else have I got news for you? There's a lot of things to research for this. I mean, uh, oh no, I was just I curious. <laughs> I was curious. I wanted to know whether it was around this time. It might have been a few years before. Might be, I don't know when. Have I got news for you started? So nineties, some two thousand, some. I should have just said any time to be honest. I don't think we can check. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check. Anyway, so yeah, they come back, and um, you no, see. Uh, oh wait, no, sorry. 1990, I've got here. The first episode, 28th of September 1990. It's quite a long time. Yeah, it's been going a long time. Mm. Anyway, so... This was a few years. She was on it a few years after. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. Um, so, when they come in, Del Boy is in the middle of um, hiding... Um, it, it, it turns out to be... I think it's gin and tonic. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's hiding boxes of it behind... Uh, behind the curtain and uh, it's then when they come in that Del Boy's just he's just sort of like he's sort of like leaning over the curtain yeah and, this is a brilliant scene yeah uh, it's difficult for us to describe it because it's, it's just very the, the physical yeah, the, yeah. Physical, the physical comedy is yeah. just brilliant um, they're, they're both rushing around trying to yeah. cover everything up and it's impossible it's like they've got five seconds to hide absolutely everything yeah. it's, it's really funny it's a really good scene actually this one it's brilliant and you see uh granddad's holding the, and holding the um the, this tire <laughs> yeah and tell boy is just whacking him whacking this <laughs> thing. It's, it's like a tea towel he's got in his hand he's like whacking that like like granddad's like get out and um and, and uh was saying to, to rodney oh you know what, what have you guys been up to oh we went to went to get a kebab my view, and then uh, the Sandra says to them, "So what have you guys been doing tonight?" And Del Boy's like, "Nothing, nothing. We've been here the whole night, haven't we, Granddad? Yep, yep, we have. We've got witnesses to prove it." <laughs> it's really funny. It's like a typical uh, yeah. scene of how how a criminal would react yeah, yeah. if they're guilty to a police officer. It's really funny. Yeah. 
so yeah, then Sandra's just says to them, oh, you know, I was only asking, you don't need to provide me with like an alibi. And Delbert goes, you know, we're, we're law-abiding people, so we don't really know how to conduct ourselves when we're around the old bill. <laughs> and uh, Granddad goes, he's got a police record. And Del Boy quickly goes, yeah, it's walking on the moon. And the audience, <laughs> like, a massive laugh in the studio yeah. audience there. That's a great bit. That great is. That's bit. a great scene. That's, yeah. that's Del's wit at his finest. Yeah, yeah. Wit at his brilliant. Fantastic. Um, and, yeah, the, the, the laughter, the audience, like, really liking that line. So it's then at that point where um, they find out that Rodney gives Sandra a watch. And um, and this is like a hooky watch. And uh, Del Boy says to Rodney, you know, let's uh, let's go over there and let's fix Sandra a drink. And they're, they're going, like, they're sort of at the bar in the corner of the it's flat. Always, it's always a stupid bit, that. Yeah, yeah. Because, one, it's, like, really obvious yeah. that they're going to talk about it because he doesn't need two of them to make her a drink. Yeah. But also, like, they literally walk, like, three feet yeah 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 and i think there's a couple of times out the show where they do that yeah and it's almost like when they're behind this stupid bar in their living room yeah it's like no one else can hear them yeah so it's quite a funny scene that yeah it's funny when they go behind the bar you know you're gonna get a laugh it is yeah and they they're there and um and rodney and double sister rodney what would you like to give her that watch for and and Rodney goes, oh, don't worry, I'll give you the four quid for it. And Delboy goes, I'm not worried about the money, you Wally. Did you know though where those watches came from? And Rodney goes, what? They're they're hot. And then Delboy goes, look, look, you know, just use your head. As long as we don't do anything stupid to arouse suspicion, we might be able to get away with this. And he says, I'm going to try and find a way to get that watch off Sandra without her noticing there's anything up walks over with a drink and then just 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 tips over it just sort of chucks it at her and goes oh sorry about that butter fingers you know I'll get that repaired for you and um and Delboy says oh you know I'll fix you another drink but we're uh, we're all out of gin and then Rodney pulls back the curtain and says no we're not we've got cases of this stuff here and then you just see Delboy turn walking back to like towards the bar right where the camera is positioned as well and just going what a plonker what a plonker fantastic absolutely great. great yeah um so Sandra um again you know what I was talking before about uh Rodney's luck with women Sandra's yeah. a very good looking woman and Rodney yeah. again shows Rodney's actually quite good with ladies yeah, yeah, mm. but he kind of messes. He always finds a way to mess it up. He does, but he does, and if he doesn't mess it up, then Del will normally get yeah. it for him. So, but he does. There seems something appealing about him that does attract women, though. So yeah, he, he does I, have something. I tell like, you what, going off on a little bit of a tangent. Yeah, and how TV's kind of di- differed over the years. Yeah, um, we can watch a show like Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, you actually don't need to see how the meeting occurs. How mm. that, uh they just leave it to us. They leave mm. it to our imagination mm. about how Del met this woman. Mm. But in every TV show now, you have to see the build-up. You have to see these two characters meeting. Yeah. Um, you have to see exactly how it happens and all of that, etc., etc. Yeah. Which is stupid, really. Like they don't leave anything to your imagination. You have to see everything playing. Mm. Just shows how different it was back then, and I prefer it. Mm. You know, we don't need to think too hard about how Del. Oh, sorry, how Rodney got this girl. Mm. Just accept it. Yeah, yeah. Because we get a good episode from it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it cuts out all the exposition and exactly. Yeah, you 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 could easily lose five ten minutes of this episode, five mm. minutes at least, of how them meeting, etc. Mm. That's five minutes of the episode gone mm. for something that isn't that interesting. Mm. Really. All we need to know is they are seeing this girl, and all we need is yeah. that scene in the cafe where Rodney says, oh, "I'm meeting, I'm seeing this girl," and that's that's brilliant. 
and it saves saves money on the budget as well because exactly. as I say, the show wasn't massively successful at the time. So I don't imagine the BBC allotted that much of a budget towards it. And no. you think about this episode, this is only set in three locations as well. It um, is, and you've only got a handful of characters. Exactly. Again, well, you've, you've, got, only you've got three. One, you've one, got two external characters. Sid, yeah, yeah. And and Sandra. Sandra yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you don't. Um, it also shows how good of actors they are. They're believable mm. because all we need is, is Rodney to say to them, "I'm seeing this girl." Yeah. And then it's believable. Yeah. How, how, good, good how good the writing is as well. We don't need to. They can yeah. just take sort of just dialogue. accept it for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And w- without it coming across as like being too much exposition, yeah, and it's almost like when when Rodney sees when Rodney tells Dale about mm-hmm. how he's seen this girl, it's almost like you're seeing it from Dale's perspective. Mm. You get because every time we see them, they're always kind of together, mm. but then that kind of puts it in place. Well, actually, they're not always together. Mm. They might have spent a couple of days where they're not really together, and Rodney's gone out and met this girl, and that's mm. all happened without without Dale knowing. So it's interesting because you don't you don't really see them individually that often. Mm. So it's nice to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so they're then back at Sandra's flat, and they're sort of outside her door, and they're um, they're hugging, and it's a weird, it's like, it's like a hug slash a fondle. It's like a weird sort of, I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah, it's a strange bit. It's a strange, it's, yeah. it's a bit of a bizarre bit. I know the bit you're talking about. It's it's um, like it's kind of awkward. It's, it's a little bit, of, bit awkward to watch. Yeah, but Rod- Rodney, you know, he's, couldn't get away with that now. Well, yeah. I don't more, know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you it looks like that. he's mugging her. It, it look, does. It's a it bit kind weird. of looks he, like he's trying to like, nick he's getting her into with her. He's getting her into. Yeah, he's getting yeah. her into with her. And yeah. it's a bit of a strange thing. I don't think you. I don't think you'd try that. No, no. I think that's how times have changed. Yeah. So they're outside, outside the flat, and um, you know, Rodney, he's he's um, hoping to uh, you know to just to, to school, and. Um, Sandra gets, says, oh, can, I t- can I ask you something, Rodney? Everybody's going, yeah. And then he goes, is anything in that flat actually yours? That's what she <laughs> says to him. And, and it's that that point that Rodney knows. That, that's while they're kind of... While they're sort of... Fond- so that, fond- so that, fond- that makes it funnier. Yeah, that yeah. That makes it funnier, yeah. And then um, uh, Sandra says, yeah, I noticed all of those pictures from uh, from Scotland Yard. Um, <laughs> and then she's like, you know, I could, I could nick you. Uh, but you know what? You... Um, you did. I did have a really good time tonight, um, and, and it, it was, it was just just previously to that, Rodney says to Sandra, "Oh come on, I bought you a donut kebab." <laughs> and yeah, Sandra goes, "Yeah." So I, I did did have a really good time tonight, and and he did buy me a donut kebab, and then Rodney goes, "And a watch," and <laughs> and then and he goes, "I forget about the watch," and then she's like, "No, no, I won't forget about the watch. I'm giving you guys twenty four hours to clean out that flat." Uh, then I'm going to be round with uh, with CID, um, and um, yeah, Rodney. He's like, oh, he says, oh, it's a bit like that song, um, that Gene Pickney song, Twenty Four Hours from Dartmoor, which of course in reference to a Gene Pickney song called uh, Twenty Four Hours from Tulsa, which is um, what he's referring to there. Um, so he says to Sandra, oh, you know, I could have to do with a coffee, and Sandra says. Oh well, there's Kaff around the corner, <laughs> uh, and then the next day, then he's he's walking back and he's like, oh, you know what, that boy, he might understand, you know, you know, twenty four hours it is better than none. He's sort of talking to himself. What's well, funny is like yeah. how uh, Rodney still yeah tries to uh, tries to score with her. Yeah, well, despite after yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he still tries it on. You got to admire that spirit. You yeah. got to admire that. that. Yeah, he's got nothing to lose, so he might as well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so anyway, back at the flat, Del Boy cuts the Del Boy just holding him up by the scruff of his neck, going, I'm going to kill you. 
um, and uh, the NS and like quickly let's 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 clear everything. Like it's been so long now, I don't remember what's hooky and and, and what isn't. And they're, they're stripping the flat like clear of clear of everything. And then um, <laughs> Rodney picks up some aftershave, or I think Delbert hands him some aftershave. And Rodney goes, Dale, can I have this aftershave? And uh, Rodney's going, and Dale says to Rodney, yeah, yeah, sure. And he goes, you know, why? And Rodney goes, well, you know, just in case Sandra pops around a bit early. <laughs> and then he, then Rodney, then Dale is sort of like chasing him out and, you know, create, again, I think, brilliant episode as well. That. I, really, episode, I really, I really like it. It's that. a really yeah. good episode, actually. It's a nice yeah. opener to uh, season two. Would you like to hear a fun fact? Go on. Um, the idea of this episode, mm. uh, John, John Sullivan came up with the idea for this episode because his niece mm. is a policewoman. Really? Fun little fact for you. That's very interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, great. Yeah. So, uh, I think at this moment would be a good time to hear a word from our sponsors. Yes, we have sponsors. Actually, yeah. So, I was thinking of doing, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Research has shown that 40% of men over the age of 40 suffer from erectile dysfunction. However, a lot of men are also suffering from erectile overfunction. This occurs when it's up and you want it to come down. I was sitting on the train the other day and I saw a woman, she's quite attractive, and I couldn't stand up. I, I couldn't stand up. I rode the circle line about five times. It was terrible. I was sitting there watching Love Island with my family and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't stand up, couldn't stand up at all. I had to sit there and watch the whole box set. It was awful. I had to sit there for about an hour in Wembley Stadium watching the Taylor Swift gig. I couldn't stand up, couldn't stand up. I had to sit down for the whole of Shake It Off. Wish I could shake that boner off. But now this doesn't have to be a problem. With our new pill, Diagra. This takes effect immediately, so whenever it's up, you can get it down in an instant. Diffuse the situation and diffuse your penis. Diagra. Life doesn't always have to be hard. So now we move on to episode two of series two, which is called Ashes to Ashes. Um, and I think this was actually released before the David Bowie song. Was this around the same year as the David Bowie song, actually? Oh, so I'll have a look. Yeah. yeah I, it might, I believe it was around the same time, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this episode was 30 minutes long. 9.8 million viewers. Again, impressive number. Uh, 28th of October, it was released 1982. So, they're uh, Del Boy and Rodney are down the market um, selling tights. And trigger is yeah, this is nineteen eighty. Oh, sorry, actually, so a couple of years after. Oh, it's no, no same, this same episode, year. Yes, episode. Oh, sorry. Episode. Sorry, this was eighty two. Oh, episode. right. Bowie came out nineteen eighty, so uh, this kinda, episode came out a couple of years. Yeah, kind of topical. I imagine that yeah. would that would have been Bowie's most recent album because nineteen eighty four is when he did that. Yeah, um, I imagine so. Yeah, yeah I imagine so. Mm. So anyway, Delboy and Rodney down the market selling tights and trigger sweep in the streets nearby, and. Um, he, he walks up to them and tells them that he's, his grand's died. And um, Del says, oh, no, yeah, me and Rodney will come to the funeral. And uh, Rodney's saying, I don't want to go to the funeral. Del's saying, you know, Trigger's a mate. You know, you wouldn't want him to, to go to the funeral alone, you know, by himself, would you? 
And um, again, shows Del Boy's caring nature. Yeah. Yeah. Not just for, for his family, but also for his friends. You know? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of the time you, you see uh, Del Boy trying to rip off Trigger because mm. he's quite, because Trigger's so gullible. Mm. He's, Del Boy's always selling some took to him, some mm. quickie gear to him. So mm. you always think he treats him badly, but he does have a soft spot for Trigger. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're then at the um, at, uh, Trigger's house. Well, no, Trigger's nan's house, actually, it is. Um, and we then kind of see why Del Boy might have another motivation for being there as he's uh, he's spotting these two two urns and he's trying to trying to see if they're valuable. And Rodney's like, oh, it's like a pack of vultures, I think Rodney says something like that. He's like, he's like a vulture, he says to him. So Del Boy says to Rodney, you know, Trigger, he's not he's not very bright, so if he goes and tries to sell this, he's just going to go get get ripped off. So it's better he'd be stitched up by a mate than a complete stranger, <laughs> which I think is brilliant. Um, and... Uh, Trigger, he's, he's round there. Uh, the mood's a bit down. And uh, Del says to Trigger, look, you're, you're old nan. She wouldn't want to be, you know, watching and, and seeing us all sitting around moping, would she? And Trigger goes, yeah, she'd have loved it. She was a miserable old cow. <laughs> 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 and um, it was great. And then Granddad goes, well, she never used to be. And then uh, and then, and then Trigger says, yeah, you knew my old nan, didn't you? And goes, yeah, yeah. And um, and Del and Del was saying, "Oh, this this uh, trig- triggers talking about all the memories of this place." And um, Del was saying, "Oh yeah, it must have been you know those happy memories." And Trigger goes, "Oh, not many of them. Me, uh, me nan and my granddad didn't didn't speak for like seven years or something like that." And he goes, "They didn't speak for that many years." And he goes, "Yeah, there, there was a rumor that while he was away fighting in the war." she had been seeing another man. There'd been another man in the house. And it's that when you see uh, granddad's face sort of like turn away, looking <laughs> a bit a bit suspicious. Um, and I think he, he even says to granddad, do you hear those rumours? And, and he goes, oh, I don't think they've ever proven. And it's then when Trigger says, you know, I'd, I'd love to know who, who, the, who the guy was. And that makes like a, the fist sort of motion. Um, <laughs> it's um, then when... They're about to leave, and and granddad and granddad saying, "I'll go and collect the coats." Um, and Trigger says, oh, "I've left them in in uh, in Nan's bedroom." And granddad's about to, to leave, and then Trigger goes, um, "Oh, it's upstairs." And then granddad goes, "I know where it is." <laughs> <laughs> Again, brilliant, subtle bit of writing. It's, great. it's very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Another great bit from that scene is they're talking about Trigger's nan, and um, Trigger's talking about how his nan kind of raised him. And I think it's Delvoy says to him, Oh, where, where was your father? And Trigger goes, Oh, no, he died a few years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Again, outside of, of you know, Dan and Rodney and, and out, out of the main characters, Trigger is just, he's one of the best sitcom characters of all time. He is, he's brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he's uh, everyone's quite funny to an extent in the show, mm. but Trigger is that co- comic relief character. He's that idiot, kind of bumping idiot, but he plays mm. it so well. So well. He's, and he's really well acted as well. Mm. Really well acted. But the actor, Roger Lloyd Pack. Roger Lloyd Pack. He's a brilliant actor. Rest anyway. in peace. Yeah. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, he's a brilliant actor anyway. Mm. Um, but for him to play this role, because when you watch him in other stuff, he, he comes across as quite sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, completely different. So he plays this this role superbly, and he's not like an over the top character, you know, like like a Kramer or anything like that. Yeah, I find a lot in a lot of British uh, sitcoms, um, 
you have a comedy relief character that does go well over the top and it ruins the show and it takes you out of the uh kind of takes you out of the story a bit yeah. but triggers is perfect he adds to it what he adds to it's brilliant yeah. and it's only the subtle lines um that he adds to that make it and he is a brilliant character and to be honest all of the side characters are pretty decent yeah. but trigger is quite special yeah, and, and unlike the, the actor who played Kramer, he never said anything racist in a stand-up show as well. That's true. So, you know, another another good point about him. Anyway, <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, Trigger also talks about how his case got adjourned. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a... Um, a bit of a... In the early episodes, we, we get a bit of an insight into Trigger's, like, criminal dealings, in a way. Yeah, right? the, the thing is, you're right, in the earlier seasons... Mm. Um, yeah, you get some references to where yeah. he's a bit dodgy. Oh, in the first first episode about the stolen briefcases. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get a bit more through season as well, but, yeah. And also the bit where, uh, obviously, it's one of the first jokes when um, Ruggie goes, oh, one of the first jokes when they, he asks about Trigger, why do they call him Trigger? Is it because he carries a gun? Mm. No, it's because he looks like a horse. Mm. It's a funny joke, but straight away you've got it in your mind that he might be a bit of a dodgy character. Yeah, yeah. Because Daryl Boy knows him, because Rodney thought he might carry a gun, yeah. and he steals stuff and that. So, yeah, you do. But that kind of goes away as the season goes on. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's weird to think about that now, it's isn't it? A bit of a, and it's a bit, to be honest, like all, they kinda, all the characters from the criminal activities kind of die down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, definitely. They yeah. don't talk about being doing stuff that's illegal as much, yeah. which is, even though it's kind of the crux of the show, yeah. they are kind of common and criminal. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, it's a shame. It's, that's a little bit of a shame, really. It does make sense to an extent, like with Girlboy and Rodney, because obviously later on in the show, they get into relationships, etc. Mm. So you can understand and maybe calm down. But uh, Trigger kind of stays the same throughout. He doesn't really... Mm. His relationship status or anything like that doesn't develop at all. No, no, yeah. So uh, there's no reason why he couldn't have carried it on, kind of been a bit dodgy behind closed yeah. doors. But... Uh, yeah, he's a good character. I do, I do prefer it when you hear about his kind of dodgy background because mm. even though he's a bit of an idiot, you do think there's more to him. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's what he plays it believable. He doesn't play it yeah, like he's really of, believable. Yeah. So they're back at the flat, and Del Boy notices that the urns are, are valuable. Um, and Granddad, he's uh, he's picking up the urn and he opens it and he sees he sees some ashes inside it, and um and he says, oh, he says to Rodney, you know. Ronnie's looking at it and he goes, What's in that? And then Grandad goes, That's Arthur. You know, triggers um triggers Grandad. And he puts it down. Delboy comes in and um they're like, Oh, what's what's up with you guys? And they're like staring into the urn and uh, Rodney goes, It's Arthur's ashes and then <laughs> Delboy goes that's the black bloke who won Wimbledon, wasn't it? <laughs> so he's talking about uh, Arthur Askey, <laughs> the famous tennis player. <laughs> um and yeah clever little joke that easy yeah, yeah. great great uh, great joke and then they're they're sort of sitting around the table and granddad says you know those rumors you know they were true i was the one seeing uh triggers triggers grand and saying that he had a bit of a um, bit of gypsy blood in him and he always said oh you know one day i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna haunt you that's what he said to to granddad and then Del was saying, no, no, he'll never be able to find you now. And then Grandad says, never find me. He's sitting in the same bloody room as me. <laughs> it's brilliant, yeah. And um, so next scene, uh, Grandad's sort of there with the urn, speaking one-to-one, and he's saying, you know, oh, you know, it was a long time ago. Don't try and scare me with any of that curse business. And you see Del Boy's in the hallway, notices it, picks up this this traffic cone. I think every, everyone at some stage probably got a traffic cone in their gaff at some some, yeah. some point, yeah. Um, picks up this traffic cone and he goes, uh, Oh, you expect me to believe that? <laughs> he's sort of imitating, like, like it's uh, 
Arthur's voice from beyond. And sorry, going back to the yeah. traffic cone, that's one of those scenes where it's completely believable because it's it's mm. the trucks flat. Yeah, yeah. If it was any other show and they yeah. just had a traffic cone line about, yeah, you would probably been like, it doesn't make sense for a traffic cone to be there. But mm. because it's the trucks, it makes sense. That's probably the best part about their what their kind of occupation is and that where they've got the hooky stuff is it means that their flat is a playground for mm. props. So you do have some great props in that, and it makes sense. You don't question it why yeah, there's yeah. a traffic cone. So it's kind of cool. That was a kind of uh, a clever, clever little thing that the writer's done mm. about having all the shit in their uh, in their flat. Yeah, prop, 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 props department's dream that that yeah, show. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Granddad speaking with the urn and Del Boy's carrying on with the um with the traffic cone, and he's and Granddad saying, you know, what can I do to make it up to you and and Del Boy says, oh, tell me where you hide your money. And then Granddad goes, oh, I haven't got any money. He says, oh, don't give me any of that, says Del. He goes, oh, I've, I've hid it in the um, box under my bed. <laughs> and Del Boy goes, no, it isn't, I've checked. <laughs> <laughs> and then Granddad goes, you've been under my bed? And then Del goes, oh, I've been under your bed. I've been everywhere. I'm the, he's like, I'm rustling in the leaves. I'm... What, what have you? And then he goes, oh, I'm just shaking in the curtains. It's then when Rodney comes up behind him and then Del Boy gets scared and he comes out. Granddad turns the lights on and then it turns out like, you know, it was... It was he realises what yeah. he's doing, yeah. Um, they then yeah, he could say that. Yeah. They then decide, um, you know, the best thing to do... What, what, what's nice about that scene is it actually doesn't add a great deal to the episode, mm. but it's just a funny scene. They just added it in for that purpose only. Yeah. And it kills a good couple of minutes of the episode as mm. well. Um, so, yes, you could see. I mean, the thing is, Arthur, you and me was used to be friends once. So, I mean, there ain't no point in holding a grudge, is there? I know what happened annoyed you. It would have annoyed me. But, well, it was a long time ago, so why don't we just let bygones be bygones, eh? <laughs> well, you never frighten me with all that old tosh about a curse and what. <laughs> I mean, I, I ain't a superstitious type. In fact, I don't know why I'm talking to you now. Well, I know you can't hear me, Arthur. That is what you think, Trotter. <laughs> Arthur, you, you, you mean you can hear me? You're coming through louder than a CB, <laughs> rubber duck. <laughs> Is it forgiveness that you seek, Trotter? Well, yeah. Uh, I'm really very sorry for what's happened, Arthur. Ah, oh, but how do I know that you mean it? Oh, I do, Arthur. I, I do, really. I'll do anything to prove it to you, Arthur. Anything you say. All right, then. Tell me where your money's hidden. <laughs> I ain't got no money. Oh, don't give me that, you lying old git. <laughs> I know you're all right for a few, Bob. I don't want to know where it is hidden. It's in my suitcase under my bed. No, it ain't. I looked. <laughs> under my bed. I've been everywhere, Trotter. I am always with you. On those cold winter nights when your two grandsons, Rodney 
and a good-looking one are out. <laughs> Have you never felt a presence? I am the chill wind that wakes you in the dead of night. I am the, the movement in the curtains. <laughs> I am also the creaking of the floorboards. Always with you. Even when you're alone, I am keeping you company. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> one of one of Grandad's facets, one of his best scenes, I it reckon. Is. I think yeah. you're right there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do think you're right. So um they they say, you know, well I mean, the best thing we could do is give Arthur a dignified send off. Um, they talk about the fact that he liked playing bowls, so uh, you know, scatter his ashes across the bowling green, and Grandad goes, you know, I, I think he'd like that. And he says to Del, you know, that's a good idea I came up with about the bowling green, you know. I, I don't think I've done anything more to un- antagonise Arthur, you know, I think he'll be okay. And then Del Boy says, there is one thing you might have done to antagonise Arthur. Grandad goes, what? He goes, well, he's actually over there. Because, of course, there's two urns. Yeah, yeah. And he points to, like, the other urn. Um, and it jumped, I think it's a great way to end that scene. Um, so then next next thing we see is them at the Bowling Green. Um, it seems like it's about, about midnight, or quite quite late on into the evening. And they're there with the urn. They're about to scatter the ashes. And Rodney's saying, oh, you know, do you know any hymns? <laughs> and he says, I know we three kings. He goes, that's a Christmas carol, you Wally. Uh, it's then when the lights get turned on and there's people still in the bowls club. And so you have to scarper. Um, and there's this old, this, um, this um, older lady walks up to the window and she sees that they've left the urn, urn behind and she's like, goes to put, pull someone to say, yeah, look, there seems to be an urn out there or there seems to be a strange object out there. And then you just see, while she's turned her back, Del Boy running, grab the urn and go off. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, it's a great scene, man. Great yeah. scene. Uh, the next thing you see is them at sea. They're trying to, they're saying, oh, I, I watched, I've seen it on a, on this TV program, Del says. They're on this, this um sort of canoe or this, this sort of like little rowboat which I, I don't know where they got that from they're on the, this little rowboat in the Thames and um, they're about to scatter the ashes and Del Boy goes you know just, just be quite Rodney and think like spiritual and then he opens the, the lid of the urn and then you just hear this voice from a megaphone going what are you doing and, <laughs> and Del Boy's like oh, you know he's thinking oh shit it's Arthur and then it turns out it's the river police <laughs> and I ask them if they've got a permit. Um, <laughs> you know, the river police go out to Del, have you got a permit for this? And Del says to Rodney, have we got a permit for this? And Rodney goes, of course we're bloody eight. Of course, oh, you can't say that. <laughs> um, so it turns out they have to go back to shore and they can't dump it there. So they're, they're walking and they'll go, what, what do we do with these ashes? I just want to say as well, again, mm. this shows their compassionate side because mm. they're not just chucking them away anywhere. Yeah. They're trying to do it in like a, yeah. a meaningful way. Yeah. And it's just causing them nothing but grief. And that is typical of the tropes, really. It is. It's like, it's like an old British like sort of Ealing, Ealing comedy like caper film, this. Yeah. It's quite it's quite dark, but also quite quite light at the same time. It is, really, yeah, it's it's really good, yeah. So they're walking down frustrated. They don't know what to do with these ashes. Um, it's just that when Del Boy walks past a cement mixer, everyone goes, "Oh, you what? You wouldn't, would you?" No, we wouldn't. And then Del and um, Del Boy leaves it 
uh, leaves the urn on the, the side, on sort of the pavement. It's sort of next to the pavement, like in the gutter. And he said, and Rodney's thinking, you know, maybe we shouldn't shouldn't sell the urn. Maybe this is a sign. We're dealing with forces from the unknown here. Del Boy goes, look, think what we could do with the money. Think about what we could do with the three hundred quid each for these urns. And um, it's at that point they turn around and they see that the urn's been swallowed up by like a road sweeper's yeah. vehicle. I can't, don't know what you call it. A road sweeper's the, the road sweeping mobile. Let's call it that. And um, they it's like a big van with like a hoover on the bottom. Yeah, sacks every every the dirt. I they get sacked up by that. Yeah, it's probably road sweepers watching listening to this. Just uh, these outrageous amateurs. Amateurs. They don't even. They've not done the proper uh, research. We haven't. To be We've not, it's actually no. really shocking. Anyone? Really anyone? Shocking, I mean. Yeah. You know who's going to be listening to this? We're going to get a road sweeper and yeah. giblets. Oh. And they're just going to be oh. fuming. Oh, mate. We shut down. <laughs> shut down. Podcast Ofcom. Podcom. Podcom is going to shut this down. Podcom. Not a bad, not a bad name for a podcast. It's actually. not, is it? No, Podcom, actually. We've officially be... changed our name. <laughs> yeah. Podcom, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, they, they tap on the on the uh, the road sweeper mobile and they say, you know... Oh, you know, you've sw- swallowed up our urn, and they go, oh, and then the driver goes, oh, what was it? Your cat? And he goes, no, not urns, an urnie, an urn. <laughs> and um... <laughs> <laughs> what's horrible is the idea of it actually sucking. I know, up yeah, yeah, awful. that is awful. Do you ever kill a cat? Mate, I don't know. I don't know if it would kill a cat or not. Do you not reckon? I'm not sure what's in the inside. I mean, yeah. again, the road sweeper's going to be fuming. Yeah, I know. Uh, not, I, is it like a tube or something? Do you think the cat can get out there? It might be okay. It might, might be all right. fly up there yeah. and be in the van somewhere. Yeah. Or it might get crushed or something like that. You don't know. I mean, I, mean, I think, like, we not really research. This could be something we could research, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, come back and let you Maybe know. Maybe this would be an episode. Yeah, we'd try and it out. The workings of a, a sweeper van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is fun. Official know. name, sweeper van. If anyone's got any cats they don't particularly like. <laughs> <laughs> Called Ern. Ern, yeah. And so, yeah, they... um. There's a cat used to come round here quite a while ago, and I'm hoping he's not been. Like, I've not seen him for a long time, and the geezer's name was Clive. And um, that's I, an interesting name for Clive. That's yeah. an interesting name for a cat. Yeah, yeah he was probably was a sound geezer. He was, and I hope he didn't get sucked up into a into a tube. You don't see many of them about though. Those no, uh, you don't. Things no. you see him at Blandon, but you don't see him around here really. No. Um, so they they get the urn back, and that's that's when they realised all the ashes have been sucked up, and. Uh, Del Boy says maybe you would have wanted it this way. Maybe this could have been a bit like a um, like it was like a Viking's burial. I think he was saying like something like that because you know he was a road sweeper. Yeah. And uh, Rodney's saying, well, you know, when Del Boy says I think that he might have wanted it this way, Rodney goes, maybe I doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> so they're then back at the flat, and um, Del has to phone trigger. And has to like tell him that or they found the the ashes, um, you know, not letting on what the situation was, and he's and he's phoning trigger and he says, you know, why don't you let let me deal with them? And you know, trigger, we don't hear trigger, but on the other line, it intimated that he agrees. And they're, he, they're always quite good at doing that. Yeah, yeah, they're always good at having kind of one ended. I mean, yeah. I assume they're one ended phone calls, yeah. but they're quite good at that and they're really believable. Yeah, I, I don't know. They might have had someone on the other end yeah. saying another line or something, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're always they're always pretty believable. Definitely, and in the next episode, we have to cover the the, the best one ended phone call to start off. But um, but yeah, but anyway, so um, yeah, he, he sent to 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 trigger. Yeah, it will be dignified and respectful. <laughs> and um, then he goes, "Oh, hold on, what you? Oh no, no, nobody told us that. 
and Del Boy looks over at Grandad. You know, seems a bit angry. He tries to put the phone down, but it's not going. You then realise he's got like sort of the phone receiver hook, like yeah. the other way around. He then puts it in, and then goes, "You didn't tell tell us that <laughs> that, that triggers triggers Auntie or triggers Nan. Sorry, triggers Nan." was married twice <laughs> and they walk over to the other urn and that that Arthur's ashes in there <laughs> yeah. and they get a great way to end that episode yeah brilliant absolutely fantastic episode um starting off very strong this season yes yeah, great to be honest it only gets better as well mm. i think it actually gets better as it goes i think the other episodes of camera actually like yeah like top it well it's here, a really strong season it is and here's here is my favorite episode one of my episodes one of my favorite episodes of it's, all it's time. quite a, a milestone episode this it is. as well i find is uh yeah so the episode starts off with Del Boy at the flat and he's trying to sell his mink coat. He's on the phone and he's saying, look, when have I ever, ever put you wrong? All right, yeah, I borrowed your speaker. I only borrowed it a week. All right, a month. I gave it back to you, didn't I? What, you're telling me you've only got one speaker? What a, what a way to run a railway station. Fantastic. <laughs> Just brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> What a way to start off of an episode right there. Um, anyway, turns out doesn't want to want to buy the uh, the mink coat. And um, Delboy, he, he, he goes over to the table looking a bit frustrated. But then again, plasters on a smile and he sits, stands at the table and he's worryingly counting the remains of his money. And Grandad goes, yeah, I played cards again last night. Yep, you know me. Who dares wins? How'd you get on? I lost. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And then, uh, and granddad saying, you know, you better be careful. I've seen many good men go into the gutter on gambling. And Del Boy's saying, oh, it's this Boise, you know, Boise, a second-hand car dealer from Lewisham. I've never seen anyone have such good luck at cards. And granddad's like, you think he's using a marked deck? And Del Boy's saying, oh, no, you know, he knows that. I'd break his legs if he if he if uh, he did that, and also we're good mates. And uh, Granddad saying, oh, "I once uh, played cards uh, with a marked deck." And Del goes, "What? You knew they were marked?" Granddad goes, "Yeah, I was the one who marked them." <laughs> he then gives him this double-headed coin because he asked Del boy, you know, does the boy see like you know spinning the old coin? And Del saying, "Yeah, he'll bet on anything." Um, and he's saying, you know, this is my lucky coin. Uh, it was given to me by um, by my friend in the war. Scottish fellow during the war. Yeah, Scottish fellow during the war. Um, and he goes, he gave it to me. He says, I want you to have this try or something to remember me by. And then, then he left. Well, he died. Deserted. <laughs> Here, yeah. this boysy fella, does he like spinning the old coin, Dill? You know, double or quits? Well, yeah, him. He likes any form of gambling, doesn't he? Oh, well... Here, Dill, you try him with this. It's a double-headed coin. A what? Double-headed? I thought you only saw these in them old British movies. Scotch bloke gave me that during the war. I remember it like it was yesterday. His hands was trembling and his voice was just a whisper. He said, I want you to have something to remember me by, Trotter. Take me lucky coin. Then he... he went. Well, he died. 
Dessert. <laughs> Mind you, you couldn't blame him the way them Germans was carrying on. Someone was going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so they're at the Nag's Head and um, and Del Boy and Rodney are talking about how they sold, uh, they didn't sell any perfume. And uh, Trigger comes in and he's going, oh, how's, you, how's you guys luck? And he's going, oh, no, it's, you know, it's terrible. Del and Rodney are saying. And then Trigger says to Rodney, I've never seen anyone with such bad luck at cards. He lost near 150 quid in cold blood last night. That's where Rodney like finds out that Del Boy had been gambling. Yeah. Or, well, basically how much he'd lost gambling yeah. the night before. Another thing about this episode is um, it makes you... So up to this point, you know they're quite poor and mm. you know they have the most. But this is, an, this is one of the first... This is a time where I think it hits you hardest the most, where they're actually really struggling. They are, yeah. They're proper skinned at this point. They're on the edge. They yeah, are yeah. well on the edge, yeah, and you sympathise with them. Mm. And that's also what makes it intense. Mm. It's a great setup for the rest of the episode, mm. getting that backstory. It makes it quite an intense episode. Definitely. It's at this point that Boise walks in, and Boise comes in about bragging about how well he's doing. He's saying, oh, I just knocked out a few, few cars, and I've uh, made 800 quid. We'll say 800 quid. It only could holy heat my swimming pool for a week. And then, yeah, Ronnie's going, oh, I was grim in it, you know, in a sarcastic way. And, and Boise goes, oh, you know, yeah, I was saying to Marlene, oh, you remember Marlene, don't you, Del? Um, yeah, and Del, <laughs> Del Boy goes, yes, so lads remember Marlene. <laughs> Again, great line. Yeah, it's a recurring joke, that is. Yeah. Right? In fact, the whole show is always going to references to that. Yeah. Yeah. Del Boy offers Boise a drink, and Boise goes, oh, you know, I won't make a large one. Um, I don't want to skint you before tonight's game. Rodney goes, uh, sorry, Del says to the barman, to the barmaid, Julie, uh, could I get a large, large Chivas Regal, a large uh, double cognac? And then <laughs> Rodney goes, yes, and I'll have a large Southern Comfort with American Dry. And then Del, go, Del Boy goes, yep, half a lager for Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Del Boy, again, he's trying to like, keep the pretense that he's doing well. And he says, all right, I bet you, I bet you this, right? That the next person who walks in here is going to order a large. And Boise goes, well, I bet you he's going to order a short. And um, the fella comes in, and he orders a dry martini, a slimline tonic. And so Delvoy's lost another bet yeah, there. Yeah, from memory, I think it was quite a large guy, weren't he? He's got a big guy coming, mm. in and he, he looks like a rough, yeah, bit of a rough guy. And you think, yeah, he's a typical yeah. like, beer drinker. He's definitely going to get a pint in. Hmm. And then he does the opposite. He gets saying that you wouldn't expect, yeah. He looks a bit like um, wrestler Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. If okay. Hillbilly Jim was, was Irish and he was in Only Fools and Horses, he was in Peckham in 1981, <laughs> that would have, that would have been who he was. Yeah. Could it, maybe it that was. That sounds feasible as well. I could have seen, yeah. could have seen Hillbilly. Hillbilly Jim. And Hillbilly Jim there. Yeah. Peckham in 1981. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> it's at this point that Del Boy is really frustrated. And Boise sort of like smugly like grinning to himself and he's about to walk off and Delboy goes, that's it, that's it. And he's about to like walk up to him and <laughs> Del and Trigger think oh, he's about to like try and punch him. They go, no, I'm not going to fight him, you idiot. I'm going to see what I'm doing with this double-headed coin. And he goes, right, okay. All right, another bet. Right, heads or tails. And then he goes, right, okay. You, you cool, Boise. Goes, <laughs> heads. And he goes, and, and Delboy goes, what? Heads. So he hands him over the money, and Boise goes, you know, I'm saying, oh, I hope your uh, your winning streak holds out till tonight. And uh, 
uh, Boise leaves. It's at that point where uh, they're just left in the pub with uh, Trigger, Rodney and Del. And Del Boy says to, to Rodney, I've done mistake money for tonight's game. And Rodney says, good. Then Del Boy says, what do you mean good? And Rodney says, you're about to blow everything we ever worked for on some stupid poker game. Del Boy says, look, you don't remember the day that our father left us. Of course you don't, you were too young. Your father left us with hardly even the price of a meal. He took all my savings. He took my free quarter-length suede jacket. He even took the money out of your piggy bank. And then Rodney goes, that that little thing. And then Del says, oi, oi, oi. That's your father you're talking about, <laughs> which gets a good laugh. And then Del Boy says, and that's why I've got to play tonight's game. So I can't run away. Yeah. Running away only wears out your shoes. And oh, powerful. It's powerful moment. Powerful. Because yeah. you that, that scene right there explains Del Boy in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, say whatever you want to say about him. He never, he's never, he never backs down. Never Even backs when he knows down. he's in the wrong, he never backs down. And also, it's... It, it, when I talk about to- toxic masculinity, this episode displays it because Del Boy, he's swindled out all, all this money because not only is... When he's being tested like that, when what, what Boise is coming in here, he's trying to emasculate him with his wealth. And Del Boy... As with probably a lot of lot of, of men and a lot of people, that's a way to, to rile someone up. Yeah. You, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna prove to be the, the bigger man than me. You know that that kind of attitude, um, and it proves to be Del Boy's downfall a lot of the time. Um, and in this this instance, it does. Um, but yeah, Del Boy right there again showing what his ethos is about. Showing a great scene. And uh, Rodney goes, well, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to raise you just some stake money for tonight's game and we're going to beat Boise. And and then Del goes, oh, what are you going to do? Well, you know that uh, you know that party we had at the flat? There's plenty of booze left over, wasn't there? And Del says, what, well, are you going to organise a disco? <laughs> nah, I'm going to take back the empties for you. <laughs> and then he goes out and then he's just left there, Trigger and Del, and goes, you know, I've known all these years. And then something like this happens, a simple gesture. And you realise what a 32 carat plonker he <laughs> really is. Fantastic. And great scene. Man. Great scene. And then we zoom into the poker table in the Trotters flat. And it's the poker game. It is the game that both men need to win and neither man can afford to lose. And the time is upon us, Paul. The time is now. It's the match that both men need to win. And neither man can afford to lose. We're in the flat. Del Boy is there and he's saying to Grandad, you know, you, you, you give me some money for tonight's game. And Grandad goes, if I had a billion pounds, I wouldn't give you, wouldn't give you any. And Del Boy's, Del Boy says, come on, give me a straight yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, all, all very funny lines at this moment. 
all very jovial in the episode so far. Then he says, all right, you know, I'll give you this money that I've won with this bet. Granddad says, you know, but I want it back. I want back double. And so then Boise comes in with uh, with Trigger. And it appears like it's the first time that Boise's seen their flat, it looks like. It's sort of intimating. It's more inconsistent because they've known each other for years. So I'm sure he would, probably would have been there at some other stage. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, because um, yeah, obviously they were friends. If you go to the prequel, Rock mm. and Chips, they're friends. School in friends, yeah. They're school friends in that. So yeah, you're right. It doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. And at the end of Rock and Chips... Oh, well, in Rock and Chips, he does move into the flat halfway through, I think, or towards the end of the first mm. episode. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's a little bit inconsistent, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. then, to be honest, they probably weren't planning mm. for prequels, etc. at that point. So, mm. probably yeah. didn't have prequels at all about them, really. No, no. I mean, again, it wasn't a successful show at this point. So, yeah, yeah. probably weren't, you know, scoping about just going running for years. Interesting point, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I wish more women would think that way. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. Mm. And I say mm. uh, women probably aren't that interested in the consistency of the character of Boise and Only Fools and Horses. I know. I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb and say that. So that's probably where you're going wrong. Well, if women aren't interested in that. I don't want to know who's <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Anyway, so we're... Um, we're, we're um, yeah, in the flat. Boise and Trigger have come in. And Trigger goes, oh... I've not seen a... You know, the last time I saw a place like this was on TV and Grandad goes, Dallas? No, not Dallas. Definitely not Dallas. <laughs> he goes, it was, a char- it was a charity appeal. <laughs> he says it was a charity appeal. Had the wife in tears. But, you know, Marlene's easily touched. And then Trigger goes, yeah, as Del said, all the boys remember Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> Again, comic lines, this is it's brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. What's great is it so you start, starts off with an insult yeah. from Boise to Del, and then Trigger comes in yeah. and, says that, and doesn't even realise what he says, how he completely changed the whole yeah. premise of the joke. He doesn't even realise, really, but yeah, great bit that. Fantastic. Uh, so they're about to sit down for the game, and... We see right there, and they're getting out their money. They're all sat down. Trigger, Boise, Del Boy. <laughs> and Del Boy gets out um, a wad full of notes. And then, then Boise, he's got stacks, stacks of money. And, we re- and Boise says to Del, is that all you've got? Del Boy goes, no, no, no. My brother's got the rest of the cash for me. He's holding it. And everybody goes over and goes, here's like, if it's like £4.50, here's the £4.50 to, for the empties for tonight. <laughs> and he, he puts it on the table and Landell Boy, like, all the cards fly out of his hand. And, and yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, Del Boy, he's wanting to uh, serve with his deck of cards. But, of course, Boise's brought his own. And he's, he's quite, he seems to be quite insistent about using his own cards. And then Del Boy's saying, well, you know, what about we spin for it? And, uh, and, and uh, Boise agrees, flips the coin up, and then Boise calls heads. Yeah. And Del says, you called heads in a pub? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm calling heads again. And so Del, Del goes, all right, we'll use your stack of cards. <laughs> um, so then we, we fade into an ashtray, and it's, um, it's filled with a cigar that's been smoked up. 
and it's basically to show the passage of time to show that you know we're away yeah. into this poker game nice little transition there yeah. because normally we normally they do that by leaving the flat mm. and come back at a different point but we haven't had that really no. in fact we, we, again we don't see that much in this episode no. it starts off in the flat yeah then to the pub briefly and yeah. then back to the flat yeah. but what's crazy is 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 the flat is like how we haven't really seen it before Mm. very dark kind of gritty it's true yeah actually yeah, that's very it, true yeah. it's, it's really good it's really well lit it doesn't yeah. look like the flat that we know no um, especially the poker bit as well yeah that's the only bit it's like the whole room's dark apart from that bit yeah quite smoky mm. it's good it's great yeah and also interesting it's fantastic and and what I also really like about it is when we, we go back when we come back from that transition we see Trigger he, first thing he says is well it's a bit too heavy for me and he folds and he's out and straight away we're establishing like, oh how serious it is we're, we're yeah. establishing how well there is high stakes because there isn't that there aren't that it's, it's, it's quite um, there aren't that many laughs or anything at this point mm. it's kind of serious it is yeah um, and, and yeah that's when it really starts to be how intense it is Damn you, Trick. Too heavy for me, Delboy. I'm calling it a night. Looks like it's down to you and me then, Delboy. And remember, this is a studio audience here. And yeah. it, again, it, it, it cut the tension in the room with a knife right there. Yeah, you could do. That's their, they're playing. They're playing. And... Um, Boise wins the the hand of uh, of poker, and he's about to he's about to finish up, and he's saying, "Well, your hand's not that good, you know, it's just not good enough." And Delboy's saying, "Hold on, this game ain't over yet." And um, he walks over to the phone, and he 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 pulls out, he sort of pulls a, a part of the, of the phone, of, like the speaker bit. This is like an old-fashioned phone. He pulls out like the the sort of speaking. It's like a small hole. Small hole, yeah. yeah. And he pulls out um five hundred pounds. And then Rodney goes, "Oh yeah, where'd, where'd you get those notes?" And Del, Del goes, "Pass me, send it to me down the line." <laughs> great joke, great joke. <laughs> it's great, yeah. Oi, <laughs> where'd you get that from? Busby said it down the line, didn't it? <laughs> that come for the past fortnight, we've been living off Queer Street, and suddenly all our notes materialised. This is the money that Mum left you and me. She said it was only to be used in a life or death situation. Oh, no, come on, Bill. This ain't a life or death situation. It's a bloody game of poker. No, it isn't, Ruddy. This is not a game. This is a duel. All right, boys, here, I've got 500 quid here. That says that this game ain't over yet. Nice one, Bellboy. I like your style. Again, even in this tense atmosphere, in the most serious episode, they can still crack amazing jokes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they're making probably funnier then. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, and Del says, All right, this is the money that Mum left us. Because um, in, in, in the bar, when, of course, earlier when Del was explaining about all of her. Uh, about his dad when he uh the day he left home taking uh Dell's savings and what have you he said the only thing he didn't get was the money that their mum had left him and uh, and Dell says he's our mum said this was only to be used in a life or death situation rodney goes this isn't a life or death situation it's a bloody game of poker <laughs> Dell says this isn't a game of poker this is a duel 
Yeah. And you hear, you hear a few laughs, but the people, again, in the audience, they know, no, this is... Kind this of a, is... Yeah, it's kind of an intense kind of yeah. awkward laugh. It's a bit it? awkward yeah. laugh, exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go... It shows how good the act is. It is. To make it, and the writing to make it that intense. Brilliant. And make it makes you uncomfortable. It, it does. It makes it make drawn right in. Yeah. And you're drawn... The audience is drawn in the exact way that Grandad's drawn in, Rodney's drawn in, and Trigger's Trigger. drawn in, yeah. as they all come around the table when Boise says, let's make this interesting. No limits. Then Dell says it suits me down to the ground. And do you know, do you know what that's doing right there? Back in, in screenwriting, when I was studying it, one of the things that lecturers would say, and any screenwriting uh, teacher will tell you, what you should always do is raise the stakes. And how great of a comedy writer John Sullivan is. Right here, what's he doing? He's literally raising yeah. the stakes. Unbelievably. So good. Such a good yeah. bit of writing. And so we're, we're, we're in this now. It's Del, it's Del Boy and Boise. There is no backing down. This is a point where Del Boy, he is, he's not backing away, like he said before. He's going to go to the death and see what happens. And so they're playing out the hand. And um, Del Boy says, dealer takes one. He's got his stack of cards. And then we zoom in and we see Boise. He's got a hand. I'm not too familiar with the rules of poker. But it doesn't look like a great hand. And then you just see him rub his hands and suddenly he's got um what's it three four kings, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, three or four kings. Yeah. He's got a good hand for the kings. Yeah. 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 And um, yes, we, we basically we confirm that Boise had been cheating. Um, um so then right there. It's at that point that they're raising each other and Dell's out of money. Um, and it, it, he's, he's out of money because when they're raising each other, Boise says, I'll see your 200 and I'll raise you a grand. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's still, we can't go that far because yeah. he doesn't have the money. Doesn't have the money. And that shows intensity. We already know at the start of the episode, they had no money. Mm. And now, not only have they got literally nothing left, but he's literally gambling with almost borrowed money after this so yeah. it makes it yeah it makes it really intense and Trigger's saying look play the game uh, Boise this is the money that their mum left them yeah and you just see there Boise he doesn't care he's not having it, not having well, it. which is an interesting thing because Boise really comes across as a villain he does yeah and and then once again as we were saying they were meant to be school friends mm. that isn't established to after this episode really but uh, yeah he's a real real horrible character and mm. you don't like him really no so um, he does change as the, as the show goes on. As we were saying, the characters do develop quite a lot and they all kind of go a bit more tamer. Mm. Um, like we said, with, with, with Trigger mm. and the fact that he kind of stops his criminal activities. Well, Boise kind of has a similar thing where he becomes more of a comic character. Mm. He does become a bit of a fan favourite as well, Boise. He, as the he show does, goes yeah. On. And again, lovely bloke as well, John Chalice. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he um, pulls out this wad of cash from his, his pocket, seemingly out of nowhere, takes Dell by surprise, says, and raise you a grand. Trigger says, oh, sorry, Grandad says, play the game, boys. That's the money their mum left them. Boy, she doesn't care. And then Del Boy, he says, all right, okay. What about everything in the flat? Um, our clothes, um, the, the tellies, everything, the deep freeze, he says, everything. Uh, all my jewellery, and then he, he, he turns to the granddad. Granddad's not got any money. <laughs> turns the trick. Trick says, oh, I'm brass it, mate. 
<laughs> turns to Rodney and Rodney goes, oh, forget about it, you before Rodney <laughs> yeah. can answer. <laughs> yeah, that's and a it, funny scene as yeah. well. That's a good bit. That's a funny little joke there, sorry. It kind of actually reminds me, remember that time in, in London where we were sitting there by the chairs and the geezer was selling the big issue and he was going around asking people, you know, and oh, no, it's a homeless man, sorry, a homeless man in in London. We were sitting there, buddy, in these chairs. He was going around asking for money, and he walks up to me, and he goes, oh. he's just, <laughs> he's just like, oh, well, you obviously look too poor to. <laughs> you need the money more. You, than he you does. need the money. <laughs> oh, anyway, who's laughing? No, I didn't. I got to save a bit of money there. Anyway. <laughs> So you wouldn't have had any anyway. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to give him any. <laughs> he, he lost out on that five p. Anyway, not me. Anyway, so everything in the flat, um, and uh, Trigger then offers up his car, and he and he goes, "Yeah, you can have my car, Dale." Dale goes, "Oh, you know, you're a real pal," and he says, "Yeah, here's Trigger's car. It's a good one." Boy, he says. Well, you must be joking. I sold it to him. Yeah. Again, great line. Yeah. Also showing how um, mm. Boise's a bit of a bit of a knobhead. Oh, he is, yeah. He's a villain. He's, yeah. he, he's, he's Stitch you know, up his mates. Stitch up his mates, yeah. 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 Um, Delboy kind, kind of does, but... but Yeah, but when Delboy does it and he explains it, yeah. you see the logic to it. Yeah. Nothing like that. Nothing like that, no. no, no, no. Complete self-interest. No yeah. loyalty to Yeah, him. yeah. He's like rugby in football. No loyalty. <laughs> no loyalty. So... Right there, we've established it's all or nothing right here. Everything that the Trotter Zone, it's all on the table. There is no going back. Right now, Del Boy is putting all of his faith right here, being able to beat Boise. This is a duel. This is man against man. He's not backing down. He's staying true to his word. He's living and dying by the sword. And at this point right now, there is if he loses this hand, it's all over. He then says to Boise, Boise, Accepts it, says, seeing as we're friends, I accept that as a grand. <clears throat> 200. I'll raise you 200. Want to see you, Boise? Oh, no. No, 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 go, boy. That's your 200. And I will raise you a grain. <laughs> Not him out, Bill. It's going to cost you a thousand notes to see my cards, though. Skip, boy, see? Well, you shouldn't play big boys' games, then, should you? Play the game, son. That's the money their mum left them, that's all they got. Well, do something, Dale, or get off the pot. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> all my jewellery. Right. And, um... Trick. Impressive, mate. Rock, forget it, you. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have me. Oh. Cheers, Trig, you're a real pal. What? So that's my jewellery, right? Trig's car. That's a good one. He must be joking, I sold it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get your money back, won't you? So that's my jewellery, Trig's car. Stereo in the tent. 
but I can't do a thousand to help him. All right, all right, tell you what I'll do. It's my jewelry, trinkets, car, the stereo, and the tellies, and everything in a flat, right? The cook of the fridge, the deep freeze, the beds, the wardrobe, our clothes. Now, what's your bloody game, Dale? Oh, I trust me, Rodney, he's bluffy. Have faith in me. <laughs> all right, Dale boy. Seeing as how we're friends, I'll accept all that as a bid of a thousand pounds. Dale boy says, okay, what you got? Reveals his hand. Says, I've got kings. Delbov goes, how many? Un, deux, trois, quatre. Turn that before. Yeah, he goes, it was four good yeah. kings then, yeah. Just to establish. Just to establish, yeah. It was four. <laughs> it was four, yeah, yeah. And Del goes, four? And then uh, Boise says, I didn't know you was good at maths, Del. <laughs> Under twelve catcher. Four? I didn't know you were good at maths, though. I thought you were bluffing. Oh no. Oh no, 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 Del Boy. No, you're Nelly. I thought he was bluffing. You burk. <laughs> what did you have, Del? Two pair. Oh. Two pair? You went all that way on two rotten pair? I thought he was bluffing. Well, he bloody well wasn't, wasn't <laughs> To which point Dale goes, I thought he was bluffing. I thought he was bluffing. And then Granddad goes, well, he bloody wasn't, was it? And then and it's really quite like them that you actually really feel gutted for all of them. Yeah, because it's all it's you all feel a little bit angry at Dell for messing it up. Yeah, and you feel sorry for you feel sorry for Trigger. Yeah, uh, Rodney and and Granddad because you know how much it meant to them as well. Yeah, because it is like the the poor against the rich at this point. It is it is the poor against the rich. It is it is yeah. It is exactly that. It's the class struggle like playing out before your eyes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know much about Pokemon myself, but that that is like yeah, four kings yeah, so, two pairs. Yeah, yeah. So two pairs is basically just two. It's just literally a pair of cards, which mm. I think are the same value. Mm. And then basically, Del Boys are two of them. Mm. Um, I don't think it, I think it's like an average. Mm. Uh, it's okay. But again, there's somewhere out there. There's going to be someone who's an expert on, on yeah. road sweepers Bin, yeah. and poker and giblets and giblets furious. <laughs> but, um, furious. but sorry, yeah, so two pairs. It, I think it's okay. Yeah. But then four or four um, of any set. It's really good, especially four of the kings. Yeah. Because I think it's like the second highest value. So if you've got four kings, then it's basically game over. Yep. It is the second second highest value. And then, right there, he's about to pick up his winnings, Boise. And the old boy says, hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you doing? Don't you know that all cards have to be shown before anyone could take their winnings? Trigger walks over to him and goes, leave it out, you've only got two pair. And Boise goes, no, hold on, hold on. Let him have his moment. And then Boise sits down and goes, right, let's see your two pair. Well, Del, I'll send the boys round in the morning for the stuff. It really pains me, Del, it really does pain me. What are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm picking up my winnings, Del, that's what I'm doing. Oh, no, 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 me old mate. No, no, not on your Nelly. You know the rules of the game. 
All cards must be shown before the winnings are collected. Leave it out, will you? Tell you've only got two pairs. No, no, Trig, no, it's all right. Let Del have his little moment. Come on, Del. Let's see your two pair. Well, I've got a pair of aces. Yeah. And I've got another pair of aces. <laughs> And then Del Boy, everyone watching him, says, well, I've got a pair of aces. I've got another pair of aces. <laughs> There's a little bit of a pause in the audience, and then you just pan up to see Boise's face, and the stunned silence of the audience is broken with, with laughter. Just peterns of laughter. And then you hear Boise say, that's... It's four aces. <laughs> and then Del says, well, I didn't know you was good at maths, did it? That's four aces. I didn't know that you were good at maths either. Four aces. I ain't never seen it before. Four aces, eh? Four bloody aces! Great! <laughs> And the laughter, the laughter is is up there, right there. The, the crowd, the crowd's into it. And as you see Rodney picking up the money, saying, "Look at all this lovely money," he, he uh, it falls out of his hands. And um, there's a bit of a laugh there. And yeah, boys... also, it's a, it's a bit of like a, mm. it's quite a happy moment as well. It's like you can actually see the joy, and mm. you really get that sense of joy. Mm from all of the other characters and you're happy to see mm. and, and also you can see Dell he's really relaxed mm. you can tell that he's, he's really enjoying and safe mm. in that moment because he doesn't he probably doesn't have a great deal of moments like that in mm. his life before he comes into that amount of money exactly yeah so it's good and also you, you know up to this point in the episode he's had a lot of stress mm. because of the lack of money and all of that's just been relieved mm. so it's nice to see that and when, and when I say Dell boy He's always had to think one step ahead. So you better be thinking one step ahead if you're playing with him. Because when Boise's about to pick up the cards, he goes, nicely played, Del Boy. Then he comes in closer and says, where'd you get those bloody aces from? Del Boy says, same place you got them kings. I knew you was cheating, Boise. Then Boise says, oh yeah, how? Because that ain't the hand I dealt you. Yeah, brilliant. And the audience is gone at that. The, the laughter is... The laughter is... It's an uproarious laughter of victory right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, oh, look at all that lovely money. I told, hey? told you I could do it, hey, didn't I? <laughs> well hey? done. Oh, wait, Rodney, now careful. What is your game? <laughs> well done, Del. <laughs> Thanks. Nicely played. Where'd you get those four bloody aces from? Same place you got them kings. <laughs> I knew you was cheating, Boise. Oh, yeah. How? Because that wasn't the hand that I dealt you. <laughs> Del Boy, all along. That's why, that is why he placed everything. It wasn't as much as that toxic, toxic masculinity that he'd fallen for before. That was Del Boy's undoing. But what he's done... He's, he's used it in reverse, and now that was Boise's undoing. Is he's so sure of himself, he's forgotten who he's playing against. He's forgotten yeah. he's playing against Del Trotter. And if you're playing against Del Trotter, and you're trying to outcon a Del Trotter, you are done from the outset. 
because this yeah, man no chance, did he? No, no, no chance because con is conning and cunning and surviving isn't just a game for Del Boy. It's a way of life and a way of survival, a way of necessity. And it shows you right there what Dell is. It shows you right there that the world is a cruel place. And since Del Boy was 16 years old, he came into this world as we, we realised that his mother was in a very abusive relationship, didn't have the easiest of upbringings. Then from 16 years old, had to raise his uh, younger brother, by himself he didn't have a formal education or any plan for the future he had to cope with this rough world by himself he knew that this was a tough world especially in in london where he was at the time and he knew that the world the world out there was going to be dangerous so he had to be one step ahead and he's always one step ahead yes, and if yeah. you're going into there with a game of wits with any man right now you, you know if you're in a game of wits with del boy you better have all the angles figured out because Del Boy is going to be one step ahead all the time, yeah. not because he wants to be, but because he has to be. And Del Boy right there shows you that if, you, if you're going into a one-on-one game where you've got to outsmart your opponent, if you've not had to play the game of survival that Del Boy's had to play since the age of 16 years old, then you're going to lose. And Boise learned that the hard way as he lost and we then see Boise about to to leave, and Rodney's saying, oh, "Let's take him again." And 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 Dell says, "Oh no, I don't want to push my luck." And he says, "And, and Rodney says, oh, you're on a winning streak here." And Del says, oh, "Okay, all right, hang about, Boise. I always like to see. I always like to see a man win a bit of his money back, or get the chance to win a bit of his money back." Um, okay, two hundred quid here, heads or tails. And then, you know, Boyce doesn't want to do it. It says, you know, law of averages, you know, you, I've beaten you twice twice on the spin right now. It means you're going to be on a winning streak. And, and Del says, all right, I'll let my brother call for me. <laughs> he goes, 200 quid, you're on. <laughs> Flips the coin up. He goes, right, call Rodney. Tails. <laughs> and then again, like the audience, then we cut to the credits and the audience, they're not laughing. They're cheering. Yeah. It's, it's you, you don't just hear the, 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 com- the a comedic, studio audience clap you hear the clap of, of of vindication of it's 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 just uproarious like clapping and it is fantastic episode right it's there. a great episode yeah so good it's definitely the best episode so far i'd say which we've covered and i think if you were to make a list top four top five episodes and that definitely be out there it's a great episode fantastic so good Thanks for listening to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. We will be back with the next episode, which will be the second part of Series 2 of Only Fools and Horses. We'll join you on the next episode. See you later. But what everybody wants to see uh, is Trigger, Delboy, Rodney, Raquel, Cassandra, yeah? The Jolly Boys out here. Boise giving it Molly. Molly. This time next year, you'll be millionaires. I mean, they won't. You'll be giving them out Molly's too, but still. You're a blogger. Play it, cool trick. You did You love that. Push, 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 push. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Everyone. Why do only fools and horses work? Ha, 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 